Hey everyone, this is Peter Chihuahua, your Weekly Bits podcast host. Before we start with this week's episode, I wanted to remind you about the upcoming Bitcoin 2020 conference. Uh, It's going down in beautiful San Francisco on March 27th and 28th of next year. Announced speakers include Bitcoin trailblazer Nick Zabo and skateboarding legend icon uh, Tony Hawk. There will also be a lightning arcade, uh, Bitcoin-inspired art gallery, a ton of great content, and there's a lot more that hasn't even been announced yet. Uh, So to learn more and get your tickets, make sure you visit Bitcoin2020.com. Hello there, listeners, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Bitcoin Magazine's Weekly Bits. This is the show where our editorial staff discusses the most compelling and timely stories that we're working on. For today's episode, I'm more than happy to welcome back Colin Harper. Colin is a staff writer and editor for Bitcoin Magazine, and he's always happy to uh, come on the show. How's it going, Colin? It's going, Peter. As you said, always happy to be on the show. And how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. No one ever asked me that, right? I queue up the intro, ask you how you're doing, and then it's like just moving on. <laughs> Got to check in on the host, I man. appreciate that. Um, so I wanted to ask you on to this episode uh, so we could discuss your latest cover story. So it's currently very big and bold on the Bitcoin Magazine homepage. It's headlined, BTC Pay Server is Bitcoin's open source unicorn. So for any listeners that haven't seen it or had the chance to read, I really encourage you to do so. Um, but there's a ton of stuff to dive into with that article um, for me and Colin here. But firstly, Colin, I was hoping you might provide some context on what BTC Pay Server is and what kind of compels you to profile them for the site. Yeah, so BTC Pay Server is an open source payment portal for Bitcoin, and um, it was created by Nicholas Dorier, a French a developer in uh, <clears throat> as a direct competitor to BitPay uh, and actually with the express purpose to obsolete BitPay. So what happened was uh, on Twitter, BitPay during the whole uh, Segwit 2X, uh, you know, movement, um, which if you, uh, any of your listeners don't know about uh, Segwit or Segwit 2X, uh, I would just Google Segwit 2X or No 2X Bitcoin Magazine. Aaron Van Weirdom had a lot of really good coverage back in the day when this was going on in 2017. But um, Segwit 2X was basically a conspiracy by a bunch of Bitcoin companies and miners to push an update without sufficient community consensus. And BitPay published a blog post essentially telling people that, um, if I understand it correctly from the blog post, I'm pretty sure it was basically along the lines of Segwit 2X is the real Segwit. And that if they upgrade to Segwit, the original... Actual the the you know the first protocol upgrade uh, that expanded uh, the block size limit uh, that basically there would be a vulnerability and they would uh, risk not just having their funds lost but also supporting a minority chain and it wasn't a minority chain because the minority chain was actually two x so uh, Nicholas Dorier commented famously underneath this this is lies my trust in you is broken I will make you obsolete and so he decided to start basically start his own. Uh, payment processing alternative to BitPay, which for those of you who don't know what BitPay is, it's a centralized payment processor. And uh, BTC Pay Server is entirely different. It's self-hosted. You have to have your own node to be able to run it. And it's just a really clean uh, UI and uh, UX for accepting Bitcoin payments. And uh, they have, you know, you you, uh, attach it to your own node and it'll have like, you know, an invoice function. And also it has like a tracker bar for if you're doing donations to see or if you're accepting donations to see how much you've uh, received and things like that. 
Uh, so it's like a plug-in and play type uh, payment portal. And um, the reason why I like it so much is just because I think it's a really good testament to open source development and uh, uh, kind of the open source drive and ethos behind Bitcoin. Yeah, and so to me, that whole origin story, kind of like the versus BitPay, and I'll also acknowledge, you know, there's another side of the spectrum that argues, you know, BitPay is one of the most critical companies to kind of drive Bitcoin adoption. They do like super important work. But, you know, there are definitely Bitcoiners, a segment of the community out there that has some issue with maybe like some of their corporate values or definitely the SegWit debate. And um, I think everyone would agree it's always good for there to be kind of alternative services out there. Anyway, so the whole origin story, I think, is really ties into what BTC Pay Server has come to represent as a company and, and something that really rings through in your profile, sort of the... DIY kind of community value ethos of Bitcoin sort of like is what BTC Pay Server is all about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's completely, uh, obviously, it's completely open source and open for anyone to commit to and develop on if they want to. And uh, just like with Bitcoin developers, the people working on BTC Pay, there's no central funding. They have donations and they've received some grants recently from Cash App. And some other companies in the in the space, like uh, Wallet of Satoshi and a handful of others, and Async, um, the French Lightning developer. But you know these these guys and uh, and girls are just contributing to BTC Pay because they love it and because they believe in it and because they see everyone else in the community contributing, and uh, they want to be a part of something like that. And it it really is interesting, and it's kind of why I decided to open up the article with. Uh, Balaji, I'm going to butcher his last name. Um, Balaji Srin, Srinvasan. That was right. Yeah, that's close enough. Um, you know, he said, uh, as the decade ends, the biggest unicorn of the, 20, of the 2010s wasn't Uber, Airbnb, or Snap. It was Bitcoin. And then under that, he goes into basically talk about how he thinks protocols are going to start challenging companies for market dominance in certain uh, spheres of the economy uh, going forward into the next decade. And, um, you know, BTC Pay is not. You know, it's not Stripe, it's not Cash App, but, you know, they have over 100,000 downloads and they've got uh, a lot of wind behind their sales. And it's really incredible to kind of see what, you know, Balaji is kind of pointing out here about these protocols starting to take up more significance. And, you know, some of these being open source protocols that that communities can work on. I think BTC Pay is like a beautiful testament to this. Like we're already seeing this play out in real time. Definitely. And so I do want to take a quick aside and kind of address the unicorn label that's on this article. I think that if you Google unicorn, and there's definitely a segment of the Bitcoin magazine readership who's, you know, Silicon Valley adjacent. And we'll point out that the strict definition is a startup company that's privately held but valued at over a billion dollars. So that's obviously not the case with BTC Pay Server. If you read the article, you'll see that um, evaluation like that isn't really even on their radar, something they would, you know, target. Um, so in what sense are you using that term unicorn here? And like, you know, I'd, I'd go even further and say, um, what, what does it mean to be a Bitcoin unicorn? Nothing about a Bitcoin unicorn, in my opinion, should we should redefine that. It shouldn't be a privately held right. Bitcoin-based company that has a billion dollars. That's so not Bitcoin. Right, exactly. That, you know what I mean? That'd so be, if if we're like using that definition, I guess the only unicorns in the industry are probably like Binance and like, you know, maybe like Coinbase. Bitmain. Bit, you know, yeah, Bitmain might be another one. Um, so yeah, I mean, an open source project doesn't really fit that label. And one of our, our one of our uh, head of 
content or content strategist. I don't really know what to call Dave Turner, but uh, when <laughs> one of our uh, the higher ups at BTC in an editorial meeting, it was yeah. pointed out that this didn't reach the Silicon Valley unicorn definition. Yeah, but, but he also gave he said hey, they're not the first open source unicorn because of this company called Red Hat. But I don't understand how an open source company could be sold. So like that didn't really make sense to me. That I so to your point you know, um, redefining the definition. What I was kind of approaching at BTC Pacer for being a unicorn here was the idea like, you know, what does an open source unicorn look like? And of course it's embellished because, you know, BTC Pay isn't installed on iPhones and Androids and home computer systems all around the world, you know, or even in merchants or retailers, right? But I think that the reason I chose unicorn was because I don't think that the success of an open source project like this really can be understated especially when we take into account like everything that's happened over the past year and the fact that it's only been around for two years. Um, you know, we've started seeing it deployed for fundraisers throughout the industry uh, for like Tor Browser, also Hodel or Not's legal campaign. Um, the $100,000 grant from Square Crypto is huge. Uh, it's not a lot of money, but for these guys, I mean, that's a boon. And also the fact that an NFL player in Russell Okung decided to create cleats specifically branded as BTC Pay Server. That's please. unicorn status right there, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Who else can say that? You know, I just kind of felt like BTC Pay, I guess, had this kind of mythic significance surrounding it, and it kind of had this David and Goliath origin story. And what I was trying to highlight is the fact that, you know, for an open source project to get this much excitement and development behind it, and, like, a lot of people know BTC Pay Server. Um, and it's being integrated in a lot of, like, plug-and-play things, like the nodal, um, you know, you can basically download a BTC pay server onto your uh, nodal home node if you have that uh, plug and play service. You know, it also had like a bunch of like, you know, there are APIs now for like WooCommerce and Shopify and all these things that you can plug it into. And just to see this stack get proliferate so much, um, I just thought that if, 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 if Bitcoin has an open source unicorn that's not itself, within its companies or within the entities like, you know, operating on it and building on it, then BTC pay server has to be in that conversation. Yeah, for sure. And I think anyone who, so I'm a bit of an uh, editorial wonk. So this question might be coming from kind of that, my own personal sensibilities and interests, but reading the article, uh, there's a ton of interviews. I mean, I think you've got at least three, maybe more team members from BTC pay server. So Four, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to ask kind of what the, process of getting that contact info was like uh what you know how you know what media you use to kind of go back and forth with these people and then like how do you construct a story you know i know they're all aligned but you're getting essentially four narratives how do you kind of like point that all towards a, a larger story that you're trying to tell yeah so i know uh i've been in contact with a lot of the btc people for a while like i've kind of followed them as a you know as a sub beat for for a while um, I reported, I actually wrote a feature for them last year after the, it became a year old and when Nicholas Dorier was still doing, uh, wasn't doing most of the developing, but it was still largely like a lot of him do, driving a lot of the progress. Um, and I had known others uh, from, you know, the Hoda Lanot campaign because I was involved in launching that for his legal funds and also just for the tour story that I did about six months ago. So I just DM'd them on Twitter, asked for emails and then just sent a list of questions to them. And uh, I knew kind of, so I kind of, when I was asking them questions, I had an idea in my head for how each member would kind of fit into the story. 
like Nicholas Doriers, the progenitor, his questions were going to be a little bit different about, you know, what was it like starting out? How does it feel to see it grow? All that kind of stuff. And then with Kooks, um, Andrew um, Camilleri, uh, I, uh, he recently tweeted about how he was going to have to quit developing and uh, contributing to BTC Pay Server because cash was really tight. And this dude uh, had the second most commits next to Nicholas. I mean, he basically, this was more than a full-time job for him, right? This was like his life. And um, I thought that was really interesting, just kind of going into the idea, coming back to the idea of a unicorn. People think of unicorns as highly profitable. Well, BTC Pay is not profitable because they're not generating any revenue. They don't charge any fees for the service. Um, and then for the other ones, you know, I kind of just tried to make sure that I asked different questions. Um, but I, I definitely, in the narrative, I think the things that I focused on was it's, it's humble beginnings. Um, the problems that, you know, being a basically revenue-less, uh, you know, open-source startup, like what that entails, and Kooks was great for that. Then I also kind of wanted to get the, you know, the narrative angle of why are people contributing to this if it doesn't make them any money? I think that's kind of where you get some of the good comments from like Brit Kelly and also Pavlinex where they're like, this has given me like Pavlinex basically said, like I wake up every morning and I feel like I have a sense of purpose. Like I feel like I have a higher calling at the end of the day. And Brit Kelly was saying how she just feels so inspired by the project and feels so warm around all of the people. And I think that was like one of my favorite takeaways is like, I, it sounds like, you know, very exaggerated, but like, they're a family and like they see each other as a family, which is really beautiful. Yeah. And reading it, you definitely get your fair share of warm and fuzzies. Yeah. And the unicorn thing does come through to me at least. But I would also say I kind of came away wanting to ask you, you know, how long do you think BTC pay server can keep this going? I mean, uh, as much as the developers sound a hundred percent committed because, you know, of the kind of community feeling it gives them and the work they're doing is important. It does also ring through in your article that like the the business side of it is not like a Silicon Valley style unicorn that they're no, like, it is you not. know going to be running on this for for years and years. Did you get a sense of you know the ten year plan, anything like that? No, I mean I think it's kind of like you know, kind of like tie your shoes as you run type thing, yeah. make it up as you go along. Um, I think the beautiful thing about BTC Pay Server is in its current iteration. So long as people are keeping it up to date with the latest core releases, then, you know, in like serious changes, like if something like something like Taproot or Schnorr comes into play, it doesn't really matter if they keep developing because the, the base, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like the, the baseline product is there and it works and it can be deployed and it's been, you know, it's open source and been copy and pasted, you know, hundreds of times, thousands of times over. So I think to answer your question, it's really about how long they want to keep iterating. Like what, how many, what new features do they want to add? Right. Like do they want to add like atomic swaps. Do they want to add some sort of like automated billing system? Um, do they want to integrate side chains? Do they want to integrate liquid? Um, do they want to integrate tether? You know, all of these other things uh, where it's kind of the limits of the project are kind of um, up to the imagination and the drive and the, uh, you know, the work ethic of the people developing on it. I do also think that, I mean, I'm optimistic, but I think that Square Crypto's grant is like setting a precedent where I think, you know, if you tell the community, it's like, okay, if you like these tools and they benefit you in your everyday life, uh, donate. Or, you know, the, the actual Silicon Valley unicorns like, you know, Twitter 
and stuff like that. If you guys have money, because what's a hundred thousand dollars to these people? What's a million dollars? You know, um, eventually, I think some of these open source projects from high, you know high profile and wealthy Bitcoiners will hopefully start receiving more funding that will keep them, you know, keep the lights on. Uh, whether or not that's a sustainable business model, I mean, it's not really, but it's not really trying to be a business too, which is the nice thing. Yeah, I think it's the the Bitcoin model in a lot of ways. I mean, it's not like there's not enough uh, wealth that's been generated to go around, and people who are lucky enough, a lot of them, to kind of strike that with Bitcoin seem to have a good understanding of, you know, the projects that kind of are going to be critical to the technology, right. and BTC Pay Server, I think, fits that. Um, so I just think it's one of the projects that's, Really cool, unique to Bitcoin that something like this exists. Um, you get a sense of the like kind of the overview of the project, but you also kind of hear directly from some of the people like really behind it in your article. Um, so I just think Bitcoin needs more stuff like this, and uh, we need more articles like this. So thanks again, Colin, for coming in answering my questions about that. Is there anything else though that you wanted listeners to know about this piece? No, um, except maybe uh, go to btcpay.org and uh, smash that donate button. You know, if you got a few sats, I think you can do, let me check, I got my computer open right now. Um, I think you can do, I think you do lightning or on-chain, uh, but they definitely need more supporters. They've got, they've still got a lot of funding from those grants that comes in on a rolling basis. You know, it's the people like, the people like developers at BTC Pay Server that are really driving, driving innovation and technology for this industry that is really in line with why Bitcoin was created. So if you like Bitcoin, uh, you might like BTC Pay Server. I think you would. All right. Well, thanks again for coming in, Colin. Can you remind listeners uh, where to see more of your work? Yeah, so you can catch me on BitcoinMagazine.com, uh, Colin Harper, that's with one L. You can also find me on Twitter. Uh, my username is Colin Harper. My handle is at as I lay hodling. Uh, it's not the band. It's the book. Um, that's the reference. And you can also find me on YouTube or LipSync or Spotify, uh, wherever we post our podcasts for the Bitcoin Happy Hour podcast. And as you know from listening to this, you'll find me occasionally on Weekly Bits. And uh, listeners can find my author page on Bitcoin Magazine as well. And follow me on Twitter at Peter Chihuahua. That's C-H-A-W-A-G-A. That does it for another episode of Bitcoin Magazine's Weekly Bits podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll actually be off for the next couple of weeks for the holidays, so I'll see you again in 2020. In the meantime, please don't forget to leave us a rating and review so we can improve the show and help us reach the undoctrinated no-coiners. The Bitcoin Magazine Weekly Bits podcast is a BTC Media-produced podcast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. Thanks again to my guest, Colin Harper. This episode was produced and edited by Graham Peterson and David Hollerith. If you're interested in reading the story we discussed or others like it, check out our homepage at BitcoinMagazine.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin Magazine to keep up with all the latest. You can find more engaging podcasts over at Let'sTalkBitcoin.com and you can follow them on Twitter at the LTB Network for all the latest episodes. Be sure to subscribe to the show on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.